Well, it's a new year, and uh, with the new year, time to try some new things, right? If you haven't been to Molly's Spirits yet, now's a great time to do it. We've been telling you for a long time about what big fans we are of Molly's. We love it. Everything they do is innovative, from their selection of over 12,000 beer, wines, and spirits to the shopping experience itself. You're always going to find somebody to help you pick out exactly what you're looking for and answer any questions that you might have. Not every liquor store can say that. And you and I both know that. Head to mollys.com right now and check out their staff picks and featured products. Featured products this month include Molly's Elevated Seltzer Varieties, or how about the Polliner Oktoberfest Marzen 12-pack, both at fantastic prices. And Molly still has the same commitment to carry and support outstanding Colorado breweries, wineries, and distilleries. And we love that about them as well. So head to one of their three locations. They're at Lakeside at 44th and Harlan, the DTC location in the Arapahoe Marketplace on the west side of I-25 next to Sprouts, and the Longmont location at 700 Ken Pratt Boulevard. And don't forget, there's always the option of curbside pickup and delivery. Molly Spirits, a land of adult beverage discovery. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brandon, podcast number 110. Condolences for everybody, and I'm serious with this, that lives in Buffalo. It has to be one of the wor- worst days. I know four Super Bowl losses, and we're going to talk about that in the past, but oh my, oh, it brought back so many memories with, uh, I mean, the Browns in Cleveland have been through stuff like that. How are you? I should should say good afternoon or let's see what time is it. Well, it's actually good late, late. Yeah, good midday. Good midday. It's good to see you. Great to see you. So you may notice something today. I'm going to try and talk louder because we got a couple of people that said I was too soft. So I may talk about your voice. Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't, I so didn't that see I was, those. That I was quiet. And then you proceeded well, no, to no, say. No, no, no. There's a difference between you're talking too softly mm-hmm. and you're quiet. You are not quiet. I mean, you would not be someone that if I had to think of like five terms to best describe you. Oh, what quiet are those five terms? Not, we'll do that on our last, <laughs> our last podcast. You know, do I get five terms too? Sure. Then? On our last podcast. Oh, that's going to be phenomenal. Oh yeah, it will be. Oh my God. It'll be the most listened to and the final podcast <laughs> between Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. So that game, we take this on a Monday, that game on Sunday night was unbelievable. I'm still, I still can't get over it. I've never seen anything like it. Now, I was rooting for the Bills, as probably much of the country was. Yeah. Man, shit. Dang it. Yeah, listen, um, I've, I've often said, for people that have listened to anything that I've done over the years, football is the easiest game to second guess. And everybody has... All the answers once the game is op- over. So I'm gonna I'm gonna become one of those people today. Uh, I too was. I mean, I have great respect for Kansas City. I, I don't have the I hate Kansas City thing. Even though I call Broncos games, uh, this will be four straight AFC Championship games in Kansas City. Four straight years. So. I mean, that's uh, that's an outstanding feat, no question about that. And Patrick Mahomes was unbelievable. But Josh Allen also mm. was unbelievable. And so I watching the game, when they got the ball, 
towards the end of regulation with not much time left, I thought because of the way he was playing, they had a chance to go down and score, and they did, and they scored 13 seconds to go. From that point on, I have no idea what the Bills' defense was doing. And I have great respect for Leslie Frazier. Leslie was an excellent player in the league for a long time, has been a really good defensive coach, a guy that has uh, been talked to. He's been a head coach before, but he's, he's been considered to be a head coach. That said, when the Chiefs took over, and, and let, me, let me start or stop. There are some people that think they should have squibbed the kick. Uh, I completely disagree because if you squib the kick, when one of the upbacks or whatever touches the ball, they can give themselves up. They just go down on one knee. And so you're going to take maybe a second or two off, but you run the risk of giving them the ball at like the 38-yard line or whatever. So I, I didn't mind them kicking off into the end zone, and the Chiefs started at the 25. When the Chiefs broke the huddle, and I'm sitting, I was at home, actually in the same seat I'm in now, in my office watching the game, and when the Chiefs came out in a bunch set, three receivers sort of tightly uh, bunched together, and I looked at the TV, and the Bills' defense was 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. And I, I stood up and said, what are you doing? What are you doing before the ball's even snapped? <laughs> Did you and, really? Yes. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so, I, I mean, I swear, to, I swear to goodness, I it was like that would be the defense that you would run if the Chiefs had no timeouts and needed a touchdown. That was right. a prevent defense. I mean, oh, Mahomes, Mahomes got the ball, just quickly threw a short pass to Tyreek Hill. He's got two blockers out in front of him, and the closest Bill defender is 20 yards away. He runs for 25 or 26 yards, and it takes five seconds. So now I know right then, I said, there, there's, there's big trouble, right? So the Bills use a timeout before those two snaps so they can see sort of what the Chiefs wanted to come out in. I get that. Then the second play, I mean, Travis Kelsey doesn't have anybody on top of him. He's not even, there's, he's not even covered. They don't need a touchdown with eight seconds to go. They just need to get in position. They have a timeout left to call, to, to kick a field goal. You got one of the best kickers in the league. So I'm thinking, I, I can't tell you how easy I mean, credit to the Chiefs and a credit that they were prepared for that. But I can't tell you how easy it was for the Chiefs in those two plays. It was just absolutely mind-boggling beyond anything I've seen as to what the hell the Bills were doing. So just reliving that makes me nauseous. Imagine if you're a Bills player no, or a Bills I mean, fan. No, you've got the game won. In I mean, Kansas City. You got the game won. You came back. Your offense came back. You knew it was going to be a shootout. Uh, it, the game sort of played out the way that it, that I thought it would. Lots of scoring. Whoever has the ball last probably is going to get a chance to win. That turned out to be true. But for the, the Bills offense to go down and score with getting the ball back after Tyreek Hill you know, catches a crossing route 
and runs for 60 yards. I mean, unfortunately, things like that are going to happen when you have a track team that, uh, that plays for the Chiefs. I mean, you've got, you know, if you were running a four by one race, the Chiefs would, would win against all the other 31 teams. That's how fast they are. But I mean, I can live with that. Um, now the Tyreek Hill catch and run, there is one thing to bring up just from a football nerd standpoint. And, um, I, I thought Buffalo employed a lot of what we saw the Broncos utilize in their two games against Kansas City. Lots of two safety high looks, going to keep everything in front of them, not going to give up the, the deep, you know, 60 or 70 yard bomb to Hill. And the, the second to last, the, the, the last touchdown by the Chiefs, uh, in regulation, Hill caught it and then ran for 60 some odd play, 60 some odd yards. They're in a coverage called two man. So you got two safety highs, two safeties high. You've got man coverage underneath. Well, and, and Tony Romo, I think, accurately talked about this on, on the telecast. The, the one drawback of two man, you cannot let your receiver into the middle of the field. So I don't know who the defensive back was. It really doesn't matter. But but Hill's so quick off the line of scrimmage. But you have trail technique. You're on the inside hip. Now, if they throw the ball outside on the corner route, you're going to get some help from the safety. But what he can't do is give you a move to the outside and then break back in the middle and perfectly throw him pass. But, um, I mean, that that's a coverage that that can't happen. You can't get beat across your face on a middle, on an in route when you're running two-man. They did, all right? Then they come back, the Bills offense scores, and then as we were talking about earlier, I have no idea what they were doing with 13 seconds to go. So do you think this game, obviously it's going to go down as one of the greatest games ever played, but is it really, is it that the Chiefs, this amazing cutback by the Chiefs, or is it a mess up by the Bills defense? I think both. I think both. I mean, I think both teams play great. I mean, I think those, you know, you know, I'd, I'd sign a petition right now to let those two teams play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, those, those to me, are two really good teams, very exciting teams, uh, high-powered offensive teams, excellent quarterback play, great skill position players. They're just fun to watch. Bills have the number one ranked defense in, in, I think, five of the top seven categories this year. Now, that shows you when Kansas City gets rolling – you know, how difficult they can be. Here's the one thing that I didn't think Buffalo did as good a job defensively. When the 49ers played the Chiefs two Super Bowls ago, Chiefs scored late and found a way to win the game. But for the most part, they were able to rush Patrick Mahomes with four. They collapsed the pocket, right? And they they would cover with seven. That's what Buffalo tried to do a lot of. They just weren't as successful up front. And Mahomes had time, and then you know the the two edge players in that four man front would get too far upfield. Mahomes would step up, and then buy himself some time and move around. If you can't rush Mahomes with four and keep him in the pocket, not all the time, but a lot of time, and affect him in the pocket, it's almost impossible to beat them. One more question about this, and then I want to move on to the Broncos coaching search, and then we'll get back to the playoffs over the weekend. If you are starting a franchise today, based on what you saw last night, do you want to start your franchise quarterback with you want to play quarterback Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? Oh, listen, I'm 
God, I love Josh Allen. I'm I'm good with either guy. Nope, that's I mean, not I d- the game. I would just sit back and say, here, you know, I think so much of you, Julie. Why don't you go ahead and pick? I'll take I'll take the guy you don't want and yeah. and win. Uh, I mean, I mean, Mahomes is unreal. I, yeah. I'd probably take Mahomes because he's had opportunity to do more of this. But I mean, Josh Allen. How about for the rest of the AFC? You want to come? I mean, how about for other teams in the AFC, right? You look at Josh Allen and the Bills. You look at Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at Joe Burrow and the Bengals, right? You look at Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I don't, I mean, if you're a veteran quarterback, not naming anybody, thinking about coming into the AFC. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you what, you got your work cut out for you. And what Buffalo has to do next year is they got to win enough games in the regular season that they have home field advantage Absolutely. throughout the playoffs. They don't ever want to go back there. We'll get back to the playoffs a little bit later in the podcast. So reportedly, Ian Rappaport tweeted out, the Broncos have narrowed their coaching search from 10 to 3. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett, who apparently is in town today, he is. which is Monday. Yep. Kevin O'Connell. Mm-hmm. And Dan Quinn. Yep. That's what you're hearing as well. Yes. I, I got a text from a friend of mine last night that said, just um, that said, um, Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, actually has had the best interview of all of them, but didn't think, he didn't think the Broncos were going to pull the trigger on him. Because, I mean, his resume is, you know, it doesn't have that many, many things on it. Now, the issue with trying to, I mean, if you hired a guy like, let's just say, um, well, I'm, I'm gagging on his first name, Gannon's first name. But if you hired him, if you're, if you, um, if you're George Payton, I mean, I think the fans of Denver immediately have visions of whether it's right or wrong, have visions of, wait a minute. So you're hiring a hot shot defensive coordinator with not a lot of, any experience as a head coach. Why does that not sound like Vance Joseph? Jonathan Gannon. And you got to, it. Jonathan Gannon. And to a certain extent, why does that not sound like Vic Fangio? So, but I heard Gannon was sensational in his interview. Like inspirational. I'm the leader, yep. which is what George Yep. Peyton Everything wants. you would want in a head coach, except his resume is not by NFL standards. All that long, the O'Connell move to me um, would be interesting because you know he sort of got the it factor, right? I mean, he's highly regarded. He uh, Brandon Staley uh, has wanted him back with the Chargers. Uh, Sean McVay wants to keep him with the Rams. Uh, so you know, the I mean that that to me, if you're looking for the next sort of hot young guy. If I'm George Payton, I would lean in this process to hiring one of those guys on offense. And I might lean there more than hiring um, a more well-known commodity like Dan Quinn. But do they, the big question now is, can you wait for Kevin O'Connell because Hackett and Quinn can get hired this week because their teams are out of the playoffs. You still have to wait for Kevin O'Connell. So that's 
that's a big deal, right? Yeah, here here's what I would say to that. I I if, if O'Connell's the guy you want, uh, which I think Hackett probably right now would be more the Broncos' favorite than O'Connell. How do you know that? Um, Look me in the eye. I know that, uh, but you can't really tell through Zoom. No, I can actually context. see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I was just told that Hackett would be right now okay. a guy that they would consider O'Connell would be more of a long shot. I'm saying if you really liked O'Connell, and I think the Broncos did, there are ways to have a deal in place. You just have to make sure that the that the agreement is lived up to. There's ways to do that. And whether the Rams beat the Niners and go on to the Super Bowl or not, you could have uh, – it would become pretty obvious as some of these other jobs are, are filled that, okay, the Broncos must be you know, looking at uh, O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell is a head coach. So when you were told by this person that the Broncos are leaning towards Hackett, why? No, what they said was between, because I asked, I've I've had conversations with a couple of people and I've, I've put that theory out there. Why? I mean, if I'm George, I would lean towards an offensive guy because they've been so bad on offense. The last four or five years, I know you need a quarterback, but they need they need to me. They also need to get out of the stone age with some of the stuff that they do, right? I mean, we, we haven't really talked about it. We're, we'll talk about the San Francisco win. San Francisco won very ugly in in Lambeau, but they won the game. They won the game because I think their coaching staff is creative in terms of how they employ the running game. They've got a wide receiver that they run the ball with. I mean, there's all sorts of things that they have done, Kyle has done, that I really like that the Broncos have not really, you can say, well, they don't have that kind of personnel. Well, you draft, you know, you draft to that vision. So that's why I'd be okay with O'Connell. I, you know, I don't know him personally, but if Sean McVay really wants to keep him and Brandon Staley's trying to entice him to come work with the Chargers, that's pretty high praise. The the, um, Hackett comment uh, that was made to me was that he's been impressive in terms of uh, his creativity and his his um, resume. He's got a longer resume, so you mean George Payton and other GMs? They you know they want somebody that they can feel like okay because their neck is on the line. George Payton just got here. He's been here one year. This is the second year of a six year deal. If he screws up this hire. It, you know, th- there'll be talk about, well, right, how much longer is George Payton going to be here, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I get the pressure, and you want a resume, and you want to be able to say, listen, he's worked. Uh, one thing I'll say about Hackett, Hackett was the offensive coordinator of Jacksonville not long ago, and they did get to the AFC championship game, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's got that, and um, O'Connell doesn't have that sort of thing or things on his resume. So I get that. There's there's more unknown about O'Connell from a football standpoint than there would be of Hackett. So you say that Hackett is creative, but he doesn't call the plays, right, at Green Bay? Now, he did in Jacksonville. No, Matt LaFleur calls the plays. Okay, so how do we know that he's so creative if he's not calling the plays? Well, again, I mean, you have to – you talk to people. That's part of the process of interviewing people, mm-hmm. right? You're going to you're gonna interview – you're going to ask him. You're going to ask other people. What kind of input 
do you have with this Packers offense? I mean, run through sort of a week by week. I mean, what's what's that process look like for you? What 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 does Matt uh, task you with in terms of I want you to do this, this, and this, and then when we get together, it's the same thing that Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. I mean, he's got guys there that he trusts. I mean, the head coach has a lot of things to do, so it can't the head coach. Um, is not like an offensive or defensive coordinator where you just look at that side of the ball. I don't worry about any of the other responsibilities. Head coach has to worry about those other responsibilities. Okay. Is there any possibility out there that the Broncos hire Hackett and they can again as their defensive coordinator? Or he can't leave if it's a lateral? He can't leave if it's a lateral move. What if he wants to leave? Can't do it. He's under contract. Okay. I mean, that's that's... You know those are those are in the rules of of the NFL, um, and so it, it would be the same thing. You know if you if you took, you know you took a coordinator, um, like from San Francisco because Kyle's the play caller. So technically, technically, if you wanted to take his offensive coordinator, you could do that if you said, "Hey, we want to take him, and he's going to call plays." Because that's a step up from what he's doing right now. So technically, that would not be viewed uh, as a lateral move. Okay. Let's talk about, you know what, let's take a break. Buffalo, Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo. What are we doing on defense the last 13 seconds? What are we doing? Oh, oh. Did you... That's one you'll never, ever. I've got I've got a handful. That, But that game, they will, anybody associated with the team, will never until they go 10 toes up forget they'll ne- they'll never get over that ever i mean it's just because it's so hard oh, to do what they did it's hard to do they had the game they had the game one they score 13 seconds to go there's no way you can allow even patrick mahomes you cannot from the 25 yard line allow them two plays and get into position to kick a, what, 49-yard field goal? You knew, as soon as they line up, I'm like, this dude's money. You know this dude's money. And then I said, well, this can come down to the coin toss. Buffalo better win that coin toss. Of course they don't. Chiefs do. I said, game over. Okay, before we take a break, do we need to change the overtime rules because Buffalo didn't even get a chance? They didn't even get, they didn't touch the ball. No. Well, then it's up to the coin toss, which doesn't seem fair. Well, I mean, You've already changed the overtime rules once. It used to be first team that scored. So if you won the coin toss and you moved down to kick field goal game over, they changed that, which I thought was a good change. But they they don't, I mean, you know, you got a chance to stop the team. The defense, I mean, theoretically, it didn't happen. But Buffalo had a chance. If you stop Kansas City and make them punt, all you have to do is move down to kick a field goal. You win. They couldn't stop them. It's the same thing I heard when Kansas City and New England played in the AFC Championship game a while back, and New England um, won the, the coin toss. And, of course, Brady takes them down. They score a touchdown. Oh, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a chance to touch the ball. True, but you had a chance to stop them. So, no, I would not be – I mean, if they ask me, which they won't, I would not be in favor of changing overtime rules. These guys play enough. They don't need to play – like another full quarter, they don't. When we come back, we're going to talk about Nathaniel Hackett and we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. 
Hey, time to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Boyer's Coffee. Man, I love Boyer's Coffee. They're locally roasted at 5,280 feet for a smoother taste. And they've been doing it in the Rocky Mountains for over 57 years. Now, that's a Colorado company that has been doing it right since 1965. You can find Boyer's in all of your favorite supermarkets, as well as Sam's Club and Walmart. Or if you want to hop online at boyerscoffee.com, what a treat you will find there. From top-selling coffee like Rocky Mountain Thunder and French Vanilla to popular flavors like Amaretto and Butterscotch Toffee. Their selection is a coffee lover's dream. They also have decaf, organic, and Keurig choices as well. You can also have your Boyer's Coffee delivered right to your doorstep if you'd like, so be sure to check out those options at boyerscoffee.com. And if you feel like having a Boyer's Barista whip up a custom drink for you, just check out their coffee food truck and coffee cottage at 73rd in Washington. You'll love that. That's where you can also pick up bags of your favorite Boyer's whole bean coffee. Boyer's Coffee, roasted way up high for the smoothest taste around. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman chopping it up about uh, a lot of things. The Broncos head coaching search, also the four really good divisional games um, that were played this past weekend. All four games, I believe this is true, ended on uh, a game-winning kick, I think. You couldn't, you didn't think it was going to get any better? No, that, you know what? That wouldn't be right for the overtime game. That The KC game ended on a game-winning touchdown. So let me take that back. Okay. Yeah. It is now taken back. Okay, let's talk about, when you talk about Nathaniel Hackett, obviously people want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, since they have apparently a great relationship. You can't hire him because you think Aaron Rodgers no. will come with him. No. So that's not the reason that they would hire him. So after the game, Aaron Rodgers said, you know, I don't, I don't want to go down this path. I'll have conversations in the next week or so. He also said, I don't want to be part of a rebuild if I'm going to keep playing. Mm -hmm. Denver's not a rebuild. No. So they have the, they have the money to do it. Yep. Are we getting excited again? Not yet. Okay. Because we spent a lot of time getting excited. I did. I can still remember the two texts I got on the night of the draft. And I put it out there. Hey, there are people telling me that, this thing is very close to happening. <sighs> and uh, so I'm not, you're not going to get me again, although I will say this. Um, if I'm a fan of the Packers, I I would be prepared that he does not come back. I think there's a distinct possibility that will happen for, for a couple of reasons. I think the relationship seemingly has, has been better this year, but they're $45 million over the cap. Yeah. I mean... And his cap number next year is like at forty five or forty six million, and they have to do something. Devontae Adams is a free agent; they have free agents to sign, so they're going to have to. Let's just say he decides to stay. Um, what will that roster look like? You know, he's not going to stay if they don't sign Devontae Adams. Well, if they sign him, you're going to have to. There's going to be some guys that get moved and released. That's just the nature of the business side of dealing in the NFL. So yeah, I think there's a, there's a chance, but I would not hire Nathaniel Hackett with, uh, you know, that being the only reason now it, it, would it be a plus? Oh, I think so. But you hire Nathaniel Hackett. If you think he's the guy from an offensive standpoint that can turn this thing around. And then in a reasonably short period of time, like mm, a year be competing with the chiefs and the bills and the Bengals and all these powerhouse teams in the AFC that have young guns playing quarterback. If the Broncos hire Nathaniel Hackett, 
your hope level of getting Aaron Rodgers starts, right? I mean, because the situation's right. Like, no, I think it, could, let's could, say they hired Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn hired Luke Getze as his offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, Who is his quarterback coach? From what I've been told, that's Aaron Rodgers' guy. That's his boo. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, Luke Getzey was already with another program, and Aaron Rodgers said, "Hey, let's let's bring him." When Lafleur became the head coach, let's bring back Luke Getzey. They did. So, no, I mean Hackett, Getzey. Do they have relationships with Aaron Rodgers? Yes, but I mean, you hire one of those guys to be your head coach if you think this is the right guy to lead this team and get this thing turned around. Let's go through some quarterback names. Jimmy Garoppolo. Chances of coming to Denver and also chance, do you want him to come to Denver? Obviously, if you don't get an Aaron Rodgers. He'd be a second tier guy for me, but I would be fine with that. If you couldn't get Rodgers, you couldn't get Wilson, I would take either of those two guys before Garoppolo. But I, I'd be okay with Garoppolo. Um, he you can know, win. I, I've heard it's being talked about uh, you know, in this market on sports talk shows about you know, if Garoppolo, if they beat the the Rams, not sure they will. They've beaten the Rams six straight times. Rams, um, you know, Niners beat them twice this year. I'm not sure they'll beat them again. I would hope so. I'm rooting for San Francisco. But that said, um, if Garoppolo goes to the Super Bowl and wins, I've heard it talked about that maybe they, maybe the Niners say, well, we can't trade uh, Garoppolo now because he's he's won a Super Bowl and he's we've been in the Super Bowl with him at quarterback two of the last three years. So they go back and try to trade Trey Lance. I, I will tell you right now, the chances of that scenario happening, even if the Niners win the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, the chances of the Niners then trading Trey Lance are zero. That's Z E E Z R O W Z. Row. So stop with that nonsense. It. I mean, there there is no chance that would happen. So so yeah, I'd be cool with Garoppolo. He's thirty. I think Garoppolo's thirty three and fourteen as a starter with the Niners. Would not be my first choice. It wouldn't be in that first tier of Rodgers and Wilson, but he'd certainly be in the second. So tell me where we are with Wilson. What's the situation? Don't there? have any idea. I mean, that's that's you know, Pete Carroll evidently is going to stay. Um. You know, I don't have I don't have a lot of contacts in Seattle, but would Russell Wilson, from things that I have heard over the course of the year, uh, if Pete Carroll stayed, Russell Wilson had pretty much decided he was not going to stay. Now everybody knows that he's married to Ciara, who um, people say she may want to go to New York and play. Uh, football there because it would help her career as well. So I don't know. I'm not going to act like I know. I, I'd be very satisfied with Russell Wilson uh, if he came to Denver. Hey, I t of course, having Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson would be amazing. But I think, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, even you call, you call him second tier, and he is compared to those guys, you're in the game with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're, you're better you're than in the game. you have been at any time uh, since Peyton retired. Right. I mean, so, some of this is... You know, people, this this franchise, I think, needs to take a, a really close look at themselves, right? Because they have said, their mantra has been, we're not rebuilding, uh, we're just going to restock, and this is, you know, it's a championship caliber team. It's not. It's not. So, sometimes you have to, you know, you've got to be able to walk a little bit before you get into the sprints or the marathons. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Garoppolo is the guy, I think they are better 
And then I think it depends on what does the offense look like? How do you structure that offense to take advantage of what skills he has? Last question. Tom Brady, when he walked off on Saturday night, was that the last time he's 44? Was that the last time we're going to see him play in the NFL? I, I think he did say he was going to want to play to 45. I don't think so. He'll be 45 in August. Mm-hmm. So my guess would be no. Um, they've got, I mean, Tampa has some of the same problems that the Packers do in terms of salary cap and what's, what's that thing going to look like. I think when you look at what happened to Tampa from a, an injury standpoint and from a cuckoo standpoint, the injuries to Chris Godwin, that was a big one. Uh, you know, Mike Evans was still there, but you lose Godwin, who's uh, one of their best receivers. Uh, the cuckoo standpoint with Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. you know, he went cuckoo. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you you lost Fournette for a while. You lost your starting right tackle, Tristan Wirtz. Um, they had some things that went on. So if I had to guess, and I don't know Tom Brady at all, I would bet he'll uh, he'll run that back and try it one more time. Do you think he's abnormally chiseled, his face? Well, I'm guessing. You and I haven't really talked about this much, but I'm guessing, I'm surmising that you and I, when Tom Brady is on the TV, that we may look at him, I don't know, in a different way. I'm guessing. Oh, I love I never too, one but... time, never one time do I remember thinking to myself, is that dude maybe tad bit abnormally chiseled? <laughs> I never, ever <laughs> thought that like one time. I mean, not that it's not okay, far be it for me, right. but I just never looked at, mm-hmm. never looked at it that way. Aren't you glad you're doing this podcast to expand your horizons? Well, I do endeavor to expand my horizons. Uh-huh. I think, I think we should as grow. humans, humans grow. Me too. I don't know if I'll ever sort of traipse <laughs> down that path, um, but more power to you. Do you think he's abnormally chiseled yes every time i see him like walking across the field i think of course i know what kind of quarterback he is but that bone structure isn't normal i'm a little (laughs) concerned about you seriously i mean really i know we've had COVID the last couple of years have you pretty much been sequestered in your condo I do live alone, and that explains a yeah. lot about it, well, how I communicate. With this last couple of comments, it explains a lot to me as well. I would. I'm happy to, to send an Uber and pick you up, and even if just take you out to, I don't know, go to Park Meadows and just walk around a and shop say, Hi, with, people. with people. <laughs> Maybe just get out and kind of get back into normalcy. Okay. You know, next week we could be talking about the Broncos' new head coach, right? Is it normalcy or normalcy? Normalcy. But whatever you I say. I gave it an extra vowel. Yeah, hopefully, I, I would guess the next time we talk, uh-huh. the Broncos will have a new head coach. That is freaking exciting. Yep. And I'm going to I'm gonna go out on the limb. Yeah. And if I had to guess right now, I'm going to say the Broncos' next head coach is Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, you're on the record. Yep. And that we will know that this week then. Because yep, and he's... I'll either say, you know what, I told you so, and really take no credit because it's simply my best guesstimate, or... Um, I'll say, well, Dan Quinn seems to be a good choice. <laughs> but that would be kind of an upset for Hackett because all along, it's, I feel like it's been, maybe it's just been speculation that Quinn. Quinn has so many, so many possibilities. Yeah, he's so in New many York opportunities. Today, and he's a, he's a East Coast guy, mm-hmm. grew up 
back there. So I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine the Cowboys would be pleased if Dan Quinn becomes the head coach of the Giants. Yeah. But I don't know. Also, the lure, uh, you know, I don't follow the Giants except when I see them on TV. But, you know, they're a quarterback short. They've, They've got some issues. The one thing about it, though, if you're an East Coast guy, if you're a Jersey guy, if you can go in and coach the Giants, and that's been your your lifelong childhood team, and you can turn that thing around, you're going to be, you know, you win in New York, that's a big deal. Yeah. So we'll find out. I can't out. wait till next week. Me too. Okay, Dave. See ya. Au revoir. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is pulling you in the center of the action with endless ways to make it rain this week. Sports betting has never been this convenient. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from anywhere the app is available. And if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new players a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code LOGAN, my last name. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players they really do it all check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day this week to cash in on their daily odds boosts new boosts are posted every single day for all the biggest sporting events DraftKings is safe reliable and secure it's really easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code Logan L-O-G-A-N when you sign up and get up to $1,000 that's code Logan to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.